So in my list that I keep on my phone of like stuff that I've watched, you know, the week mm-hmm. that we do the podcast, I usually also write down like funny thoughts. And I came across one the other day from like months back that I'm just struggling to understand. Okay. Uh, maybe you can help me clarify whatever I was thinking when I wrote down, why have Italians never been to the moon? <laughs> because <laughs> i don't know i don't know what i was talking about honestly well okay i mean one we know of one italian at the very least dario agento who is from outer space oh yeah we have confirmed that all yeah, right now i don't vampire. know if he ever visited the moon but he's been to space at the very least but i, I just want to remind you of an old italian proverb when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's mm. amore. So when wow. you're in love, it's basically like going to the moon. So why bother at that why point, right? Why even bother? It's amore. They're like, we, we've experienced the amore. We've experienced the pizza pie. There's nothing new there. <laughs> There's nothing. Listen, you've had a pizza pie. You have amore. Why you need to go to the moon? Why waste the resources when you could invest in the gabagool? <laughs> Investing in gabagool, never a bad idea. <laughs> I'm glad you helped me solve these mysteries because yeah. I was really confused about that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you brought it to me because honestly, we really we do need to wonder what's going on with Italian NASA. Like. Have they mm. made any attempts? Have they, have they even like broke like Earth's atmosphere? Or are the Italians just like not interested? I mean, honestly, it's like if you're around there and you got you got the Sunday gravy, you got the noodles, <laughs> why true. would you want to leave? Like why it's would you want to leave? I mean, listen, it's a, it's a beautiful country, beautiful people, uh, great food. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what do you got to go to the moon for? That makes sense. Yeah, you're I'm right. Not really interested. Yeah, no, I get you know, it now. <laughs> they've looked at uh, they looked at the moon through the telescopes, and they're like, mm, "No gabagool, no Sunday gravy, no mm. noodles." Mm, I stay home. I stay home. <laughs> yeah, they Italian NASA is is led by one Nona, and she yeah. checks every year. She looks out in space to see if anything's worth it, and every year she's like, "I stay home. I stay." Home. Eh. Still no gravy. We stay home. <laughs> Still no That's what she gravy. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> okay. Nona says. Nona says. She's not wrong. I mean, you know. No, she's right. There's no gravy in space. In space, yeah. no one can hear you gravy. <laughs> That's what they say on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the ultimate horror podcast that you're listening to right now. That's right. Sure. It is actually the best horror podcast that you're listening to right now, unless That's- you are some kind of freak that just like gathers up multiple listening devices and plays Ooh. like several at the same time. What is that like? Oh, I don't know. Like one of the one of those rise and grind types of people who's like, I'm listening to six different podcasts about making money on five times speed. TCB, dude. I'm taking care of business <laughs> over here. Well, right. if you're one of those people, uh, I, uh, yeah, I got nothing. I got yeah, nothing I, to I, say I, to I don't you. know if we're actually for you. <laughs> we're a one-listener monogamous podcast. We're one listener at a time over here, so <laughs> we do what we works. can. Yeah, That's how it works. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Pergy from 20 mm-hmm. and 13, mm-hmm. and... Um, Boy, I'll tell you what, dear listener, I know this is somebody's first episode they've ever listened to. 
if you perhaps have a history mm-hmm. of being one of those people that right. listens to different shows and uh-huh. then loves to leave reviews right. where you know they give them a one star review and you're like, I liked the show until it got political. <laughs> Ew. Well, maybe try a different episode and come back to this. This is one. the purge. It's very political. Yeah. <laughs> But, okay, before you go and turn this off or write us a bad review, at least admire the fact that even though we are going to get uh, all, all politically on you and stuff, which is going to ruffle your, your bustle, uh-huh. you at least have to admire the fact that we are accidentally the most psychic podcast that you've ever heard of in your life. Because yeah. we completely did not plan this. Like, last week... Before we recorded the Freddy's Dead episode, you and I were like, oh, what are we doing next week? Because we plan ahead so much. Yeah. And it was like, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And I think it was like the fifth or sixth one that you named off. You're like, uh-huh. we could do The Purge. And I was like, cool, I've never seen that. All right. Not knowing that we would right. be recording this review on Purge Day. Yeah. Also, on the day that former disgraced... <laughs> former, former, not the president anymore. Former President Donald Trump was like rumored to get arrested. <laughs> well, we didn't plan this. Yeah, I did plan that. Actually, I didn't want to say. <laughs> I've been working on this for months. You bastard. Yeah, yeah. It's a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. No, but yeah, the 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 purge thing. Yeah, we are now recording. Uh, you, you're recording during the purge there, I guess, in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, we've been assume, purging for about two hours now. Yeah, I assume it's getting wild out there. Uh, here, it's here getting in so crazy. Yeah, we still got 57 minutes before the purge hits the fan. <laughs> See, that's something that I was wondering. Kate and I were talking about this after we watched the movie, where it's like, okay, it's from you know 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. or whatever. But like, right. what what about time zones? Like, could I just move time zone to time zone wreaking havoc, or is it just like sure. a global? It starts at 7 EST, which means it starts at 4 in California or whatever. You know, the the whole goal of the purge is to uh, uh, for uh, poor people to die. So uh-huh. as long as that's what you're doing, I feel like uh, the new founding fathers would be behind you. It'd be supported. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. yeah, you definitely have to see the sequels. I think this is like one of, one of the sharpest... Uh, you know, uh, franchises we've had recently that really seems to get the political landscape of America. But we'll, we'll get into that when we get to the movie. We got a bunch of bullshitting to do. As always, but if you want to get straight onto the movie review, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description, and you can head on over to that if you want to skip us bullshitting and chin wagging and so on, as mm-hmm. we always do. Man, I've had myself just a just a, a, a frantic but fun week. How's yours been? Oh, it's it's been good. I mean, uh, we've we've uh, we uh, finished our Monster of the Week campaign that we started a couple weeks ago. Uh, hung out with our friends Mike and Haley. It was a fun time. Uh, weather's been nice. Just been uh, getting out and enjoying uh, no rain and and like mid sixties weather. And it, it it's been nice. How about yours? Do you just jam Blind Melon every day? You're uh-huh. like, no rain again. Sweet. Ooh. Let's play that song. All I can say is that my <laughs> life is pretty plain. <laughs> You've been wearing your little bee costume everywhere, like you. I do. wear my yeah, yeah, with the stinger in the front. Yep. Right. Yeah. Very important. <laughs> you got to you got to do it that way so people know. Oh, that's a boy bee. 
Right, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, how their stingers are. Want to go to mistaken nobody? Yeah, right, it, man. <laughs> yeah, it's been good, man. I had myself a, a few days just uh, role playing as a Yankee. Went up to dang old New York City where oh. they make the salsa. You know how they do? You know they's got a, a gang of a folk up there. Just they's called Yankees, and they they just play around with bats. You gotta be careful. They do. That's yeah. true. You gotta watch out for them. Bunch of street toughs, man. I'll be uh, honest with you, dude. It was a good time. It was a great time, actually. We had a wonderful uh-huh. time. I'm just saying, is the New York thing, is it even honest that much anymore? Because like, I know <laughs> for a while, back right. in the day, yes, it was like, whoa, New this York. is the new, this is the New York. This isn't old York. But right. like anymore, I don't really see a lot of new stuff there. I see a lot of pretty old stuff oh, in York, and it's just drawing wow. attention to the fact that it's not even the originator of York. So you're saying uh, we're moving into the Futurama future of old New York. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, because there's new New York in Futurama future. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, it is becoming old New York. The new doesn't even mean anything anymore. It's just, it. it's like part of its name. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I get well, it, there you go. I get it. What an yeah. observation. That's why they come to Dead and Lovely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For the observations from two Southern boys about New uh-huh. York City. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was awesome, though, man. It had yeah. been, well, actually, we were just in New York, like, last August for Kate's birthday, but right. it's always a good time. There's always just so much to see, so much to do, yeah. and so much to eat. Cool city. Shout out to uh, to Hockey Tom, who we sat down next to at a bar in New York, uh-huh. our first day that we were okay. there. He recommended we go to this place just right <laughs> into Chinatown. <laughs> That's how they talk. It's, it's my Yankee oh, accent, All Steve. Yankees. Okay. At the bar in at New York. Bar. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> he recommended that we go uh, just into Chinatown and check out a place called Wohop, which I swear to God was 20 times over the best Chinese I've, I've ever had. Oh, like, cool. Holy shit. Every Chinese meal I, I, I have will be compared to this for the rest of my life. Okay. It's out of control. Awesome. But you know how it is in New York, man. It's pretty pretty easy to stumble into some incredible food yeah, and uh, yeah. catch some fun shows, man. Part of the reason that we went up there is because uh, Keith Habersberger from the Try Guys, who we like, he has his, uh, his comedy music group, Lou Burger, who okay. are putting on their own Broadway show called The Wizard of Friendship. And it was a really limited run at a very small, like, off-off-Broadway theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to go see that, so we kind of planned our trip around it. And uh, it was super fun. It was super silly. Uh, it was kind of exactly what I was expecting it to be and what I wanted it to be. So it was a really good time, man. Cool. Uh, Shout-out to Keith, man. Tennessee boy right there, too. A tall one as well. Uh, yeah, those those things are all true. He also has all true, uh, those, like... Weird, like, crevices in his tongue. I yeah, remember. it's like a, a fucking geographic yeah. fucking tongue or whatever. I don't, I, Ooh, I don't really awful. watch Try Guys videos, but I remember them in the BuzzFeed days. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. Yeah. I've seen some of their stuff, though. That So it, it was it was a blast, you're saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, awesome. it was great. It was really stupid, really fun, really funny. Um, 
if you if you haven't watched any of their stuff, man, I would recommend you check out some of those like without a recipe videos. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few. Their, of those. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. their phoning it in series they've been doing, dude. Oh, some of the recent one. phoning it in mm-hmm. has been hilarious. It's essentially like two amazing chefs that have a very limited amount of time to describe a recipe very vaguely that they want two of the try guys to make over a phone. Okay. And they have like a really limited amount of time and stuff to do it. And it's it's fucking hilarious. The past okay. few have been really good. Cool. We also caught a uh, little shop of horrors while we were there, oh, which fuck was yeah. dude, it was fucking amazing, man. Yeah. It was really, really great, man. And uh one of the big exciting things about it is that Mod Apatow, which is uh uh-huh. you know, obviously daughter of Apatow, was <laughs> and in Leslie the production. Mann. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and Leslie Mann. Uh-huh. Uh she was starring as Audrey in it. Oh, cool! And she was fucking fantastic. Everybody awesome. in the the entire ensemble was amazing. It was a really, really, really great time. So, yeah, we had ourselves a lovely little New York vacation there, man. Just a good chill time. And you know, we didn't we didn't like plan stuff super hardcore. It was all pretty relaxed, which is what I like to do on vacation. Like the last thing that I want to do on vacation is be like setting the alarm to wake up at a certain time because oh, yeah, I gotta be here worst. at eight thirty in the morning or whatever. Yeah. Like that sounds like doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. I do that's stuff not at vacation. home. Nope. Yep. Fuck no, man. No. When I'm on vacation I want to not do stuff. Right. Uh we went and checked out the Met. We checked out the MoMA. Oh fuck yeah. Saw all kinds of amazing shit. It's funny too, just the stuff you stumble up on where it's like, oh what are these crowd of people looking at? Oh it's Starry Night. Like the actual Starry Night. Oh. That's- Interesting. Yeah, that is always oh, there's awesome. There's a, a Persistence of Memory by Dali, which was there shockingly small, by the way. Quite small. Yeah, it's always fun when you find out a, a, a painting is either way smaller or way bigger than you imagined. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, another one of those that I had there is, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. I can't think of it right now because I'm really fucking tired, but... There's the Dali painting that is like uh, Jesus being crucified on the hypercube. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh-huh. I love that. That thing is gigantic. Holy yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. It's fucking huge, man. It's really inspiring, man. Um, yeah. Not to get too, too in the weeds or anything here. Not that we ever do that, but it got me thinking about how much I miss doing art, man. I mean, that's oh, one yeah. of the first places that, that you and I met is like uh-huh. at the Walter painting State room. Community College painting room and stuff. Yeah. I was really really into art i mean i went to school as an art major and stuff yeah. and it seems like for a lot of my 30s i have barely dabbled in art at all and yeah. i really miss it yeah i do too i used to live in that that uh entire art wing I used to take naps in the the uh uh, bl- uh dark room and stuff <laughs> there's a couch in there sure yeah, we, we went and stole it from the art department <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was great yeah that i i miss it too yeah m- making art is is awesome i mean you know it is man we're making stuff all the time but it's not it does it's not it's not it doesn't have that feel of the same creative endeavor where it's you know a lot of the times you know you're ma- you're making a video uh for your channel obviously it's something you're passionate about and you love but it's not like you're not uh, putting a narrative to a story or anything. You're not making something visually uh, gorgeous. You're you're trying to mm-hmm. create a lesson video, essentially. Um, sure, which yeah. is why we're starting our new podcast, uh-huh. Paint and Lovely, where we're paint just going to get on the phone and we're going <laughs> to paint. paint. Yeah. And you're just going to hear maybe some subtle brush strokes, maybe uh-huh. some uh, cleaning of the fan brush. And I'll be yeah. like, I just used red. What did you use? And you're like, uh-huh. oh, I used red, too. Good. Cool. Good. 
It's good. I'm glad we're That's going nice. with the art form. I'm the worst at. I am so terrible <laughs> at painting. I, you're great at it. You you fucking kill thanks. it. But like I uh, okay, I can I, use practice. But thanks. Yeah, for me, I, it was always I was more interested in photography and, and ceramics and, and mixed media stuff. I I cannot paint. I'm terrible at it. Man, for me, fuck sculpting. Fuck some sculpting. Oh, really? Fuck the third dimension. Fuck that, dude. <laughs> two is enough. If you can't do it in two, you can't do it, jackass. It's Rodan, go to hell. Yeah, take that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, what do you know? Showing off he's in that third dimension like you even need it. Ugh, amateur. Yeah, I agree. I hate Listen. sculpting. <laughs> no, I, I'm a huge fan, huge fan of sculpting and, and yeah. Just playing with clay. It's playing. I don't know. Yeah. It, it feels the most like uh, childlike fun to me. But I get that. I, yeah. yeah. But you know uh, what I think I've, I've really like realized about it as far as like why my like artwork and stuff is declined. It's like whenever I think about it, like back in the college days, you know, whenever we were doing stuff like that all the time and uh-huh. we're surrounded by people that were doing that stuff all the time. Yeah. I think I'm definitely one of those people that you know, is influenced by the people that they hang around with and does what they do. I mean, that's yeah. that's something even... I've been talking the past couple of weeks about that Atomic Habits book, which I just finished, and it's uh-huh. fucking amazing. Please read Atomic Habits if you're trying to set a new program for your life. It's really fucking great. Um, but, you know, that's something that he talked about in that book where it's like, you know, join a tribe of people that do what you want to do. Mm. And I got to thinking about that, and I was like, man, whenever I was producing the most art... Yeah. It's when I was around people that made art. Yeah. And I yeah. think that that is definitely part of why I've kind of fallen off on that. Because I look back on it, too, as far as like whenever I was writing the most music. Yeah. It's been when I've been in original bands with four other people that are right. writing music like crazy. Like, uh-huh. I think I'm one of those people that needs to be around it to remind myself to do it. Yeah, you know I'm I mean? the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Because like, I'll have ideas all the time. But unless I'm around people that are making stuff, I don't really think to like actually put that idea to something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand. Also, uh, it's very interesting because our uh, uh, st- uh, co-student and, and great friend, Holly Ford, when we were back in, in the art days, uh, has recently gone back to school. I don't know if you've seen all the stuff she's posted of like her painting yep. and like textile killing art it. and stuff. She's killing it. Yeah, it's awesome killing it dude yep. so i think i'm just gonna find like you know that the next person i see walking around with a palette and a beret i'm just gonna grab him and be like be my friend bitch <laughs> and they'll be like oh we oui, oui, i like life this is <laughs> oh you're you just a grab me. get away from here <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> so yeah just little observations like that man I, i'm dying yeah. to get back into art i think i just need to find some people that are into it and that'll get me back into it yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, I man, I'll tell you this right now. I have really been wanting to like actually shoot something. Like I I've been like Anna and I specifically have this with like, a I, pistol or a shotgun. Well, the shot. Well, <laughs> let's try both. Uh, Anna and I had this this idea for a mall anthology, like a mall based horror anthology. And uh, I've really been just wanting to sit down and write the script and find people to, to shoot it. Because, like, uh, our idea, some of them are a little grand and might require something of a budget. But some of them we could do for, for cheap as hell. And if I could just get something shot, I feel like I'd feel 
better, you know, like what you're talking about, just making something, it, it feels better. You feel like you're actually getting something accomplished and oh yeah dude yeah yeah humans are here for making stuff and breaking stuff like we are ultimately (laughs) probably just planet cancer but when we make stuff it feels really good too it's really cool yeah so when somebody finds the planet later they'll be like what's all this cool stuff wow (laughs) who broke everything also who made this stuff (laughs) neat it was the same people and that's their (laughs) twilight zone episode yeah (laughs) i'm kind of thinking about it though like what if there was a series about like like haunted malls like in in the near future like right now yeah. when people are doing like urban exploration it's like oh we're gonna Dude, go explore like the same way we used to you know like people around us used to go to like the morristown yeah. hospital and stuff uh-huh. that was all abandoned and yep. dilapidated and the now they're gonna go to old malls and, and all that yeah stuff. dude yeah no we it, you're you're right up the alley we were already in urban exploration would be the wraparound tale tale urban exploration of this dilapidated mall yeah, but is there so, gonna be like I'm thinking like the Abercrombie and Fitch ghost where people are just like, whoa, <laughs> what's that smell? It's like really musky cologne that someone's wearing far too much of. Listen. Oh, what's that in the there in the shadow? I think I see abs and shredded jeans. It sounds oh, like you're trying Lord. to get a co-writing credit because you're already working in the same area. <laughs> Where I'm you? an idea man, dude. Yeah, I'm yeah, an idea man. Like, I can't help yeah. it. Yeah, no, I said yeah. it first, so you know. Yes. Yeah, we got some ideas that. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna say everything because, like, I, I think we need to write it all down. But I, I'd really mall like, goblins, dude. Mall, mall goblins. goblins. <laughs> okay, that we hadn't considered, but all right. <laughs> you know what? We have a saying in Nashville: uh, a word for a third, dude. So I get 33 <laughs> percent just off of that. <laughs> I wrote a word, so I get a third. That's how yeah. it works in songwriting. That's how it works in songwriting. There you go. There you go, man. Yep. Making stuff. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of making stuff. Me too. I'm a fan of watching stuff. What have you been watching? Oh, man. We've been watching all sorts of stuff. Uh, speaking of, of stuff that needs to uh, be watched. Uh, we watched a Scooby-Doo 2. Uh, Ooh. I remember the, uh, the, the 90s, 2000s Scooby-Doo. So, the Matthew Lillard uh, Linda Cardellini, all, all that. Uh, the, the first one is, is great. Of course, it's a James Gunn movie. Um, second one's written by James Gunn, but it's, it's good. I mean, it's, it's fun if you like Scooby-Doo, but it's much more like much more of a kid's movie. The first one was like playing on nostalgia that teens would have. So it, it had like more fun PG to PG 13 type of romp but uh i'd say i'd say the second one is more just much more of a pg movie though velma in a, in a leather uh jumpsuit uh yo pass not for what? me nope yo you're nah. saying pass to linda cardellini you must be talking about the mashed potatoes or something <laughs> pass bring it over here i mean right 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 <laughs> so yeah scooby-doo 2 eh it's fine uh, we watched History of the World Part 1, uh, because Hulu has that new History of the World Part 2 miniseries that we want to watch, but... Uh, I had no idea about this. Is is Mel oh, Brooks okay. involved? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, uh, it's a series? Uh, it's, well, there's there's three episodes, I believe, three or four episodes, and that's it. So, like, a, a limited miniseries. Uh, and they're about 30 minutes. So, it's, it's really about a two-hour movie, essentially. But Dude, uh, we have, okay, we so two things about it, yeah. that. I'm simultaneously extremely excited to uh-huh. hear about this, and I'm dying to watch it. 
also, I gotta admit, I am a little bit disappointed because the joke, the joke of History of the yeah. World Part One, yeah, that, that was has the just joke. sustained for I mean, fucking what forty something years right. now. Yes, yeah, and like the joke's the, over. The joke from the beginning being that there was not ever meant to be a part two, but uh mel brooks also thought it was funny to finally make a sequel after 40 years like that's also i mean that funny. is a long yeah. punch line yeah. that is a long <laughs> punch <is>. line <laughs> so either way it's funny yeah so I, i'm interested in seeing it because it's got it's got a bunch of cool people involved um then uh also because it was uh what do you call it uh saint patrick's day uh we watched leprechaun 4 in space my favorite leprechaun. I don't know. I gotta say I, your favorite, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think when we did Hellrankers, we said the the newest one, the Steve Kostansky one, was the best. And it probably is the best movie. Uh, but my favorite leprechaun movie. And honestly, a movie that if you haven't seen, you need to. And you don't need to see all the leprechauns before that. But you can watch them if you'd like. Uh, it it's insane the leprechaun has a lightsaber uh, a guy pisses on his blown up corpse and then the leprechaun like bursts out of his dick there's uh there's a <laughs> there's a crazy german scientist man who's like half of a body that becomes a, a spider scorpion there's all sorts of stuff well beyond that that's just some of the things going on in these are a few of my favorite four. things personally Dude, it's a blast. It's so fun. It's, they knew what they were making when they made that movie, and it's so good. Uh, we also watched Jawbreaker, which yeah, I haven't seen in a long time, but fuck, it's awesome. That's uh, an awesome movie. What a cast in that, too. Like Everybody's in that fucking yeah, movie. Uh-huh. Uh, Rebecca Gayhart, uh, 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 Judy Greer, uh, Rose McGowan. Yeah, all, all sorts of other people in the movie. Like Just... Great cast, uh, got that sort of Heather's feel, but totally, but it's way different. more like mid late nineties. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Also, hella soundtrack. That's one Great of those soundtracks soundtrack. that I'll always be yeah. like endeared to because that's one yeah. that, like, riding around in uh, Kate's old Jeep, like high uh-huh. school days, like that was always in the five disc changer Fuck or maybe yeah. the six disc changer. It was in the CD changer in the back. Uh, yes. It lived there, so Fuck that's yeah. a, that's a soundtrack to my Ute right there. Yeah, it's awesome. Still great. Still still a fun time. Um, we also uh, we've just been r- watching American Horror Story, and uh, we finished the American Horror Story Coven season, which is the the witch season with uh, yeah. Emma Roberts and Tyson Farmiga and fucking angela bassett and 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 yeah uh, yeah yeah. uh fucking yeah jessica lang and god uh what's her name ah shit i can't remember her name (laughs) why can't i remember her name oh god damn it she's in misery (laughs) kathy bates yeah oh yeah kathy Kathy bates Bates. yeah yeah those three in a show together it's they are fucking amazing and then you know uh, you got all the other people that are normally in american horror story fucking sarah paulson who's great lily rabe i i like rewatching it um and because i i watched it the first time like week to week rewatching it and getting to see it like all together i thought it was a great season i had a blast like there's an episode where where fucking Tyson Farmer goes just running through zombies with a chainsaw. Like, it's so yeah. cool. 
I um, think we watched that one. Um, isn't it the one that has like old? It's like that that witch. It's kind of like steamy Nicks in it. Yeah, yeah, Lily Rape. Yeah, She's yeah, a yeah. Swamp Witch. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's actually a pretty fun one. Like it is. usually, whenever we watch American Horror Story, as I've said on the show before, I'm like five or six episodes. I'm like, this is cool, and then there's a point where it turns, and I'm like, oh god, it's not cool anymore. But <laughs> right. Uh-huh. I recall liking that that uh, season pretty well. Yeah, me too. I I, I had a blast with it. So that that was fun. Also on uh, Friday night on the Screaming Chat, where we watch a, a usually a bad movie and uh, chat about it on Discord. We watched Sharkenstein, and um, Sharkenstein's all right. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad movie. Uh, it it definitely like has its lulls, but like it's 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 like so bad that it's fun. Like so many just questions. Like one of the guys is wearing a a Legend of Zelda hat, but he's wearing it sideways all the time. And we kind of figured it was so that the logo didn't show on camera. But then it's like, well, wait, uh-huh. why didn't they just have him take the hat off? That would work, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sharkenstein's pretty fun. It's, pre- it's, it's bad, but it, it's pretty fun. It's a Polonia Brothers movie. If you know the Polonia Brothers, um, it's one of the better Polonia Brothers movies I've seen, and we've seen several on the screaming chat. Uh, and then also on Ice Cream Sunday, we watched a movie called Nomads, which is on Shudder. And I, when I saw it on Shudder, I was like, wait a second, is that? Hold on a second. We got Remington Steele here. Pierce Brosnan, oh. directed by John McTiernan, director of Die Hard, uh, Predator, the uh, last action hero, Hunt for Red October. So I'm and it's like, got a James Bond in there. It's got a James Bond. A single How have I James never heard Bond. Of this? Yeah, I've never even heard of this movie. Yeah, and it had it had three skull rating on Shutter. So I was like, ooh, this sounds like it might suck. So yeah, yeah. that's perfect for an ice cream Sunday. So we watched it, and guess what? It does suck. And from the guy who made all those great action movies, it's real weird to see a very boring movie. I mean, it's got some cool action stuff in it at moments, but it's largely just boring. And for some reason, Pierce Brosnan, who has a great English accent that would sell you on him being an anthropologist, has a French accent. Hmm. And it's bad. It's a bad accent. It's it's oh uh, bless weird him. choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Anyway, so don't recommend Nomads. But, uh, Not a yes mad. It's a nomad. That's a nomad for sure. Uh, mm. Also watched all the Purge movies this week, but wow. I'll talk about when we're talking about the Purge in a little okay. bit. Okay. Yeah. I look forward to hearing about that, man, because I want to know about these sequels and stuff. We uh because we were gone there in New York, uh, we didn't have a lot of time to watch stuff since we've been back home, but we have caught two things. Um on Sunday we had our first little inklings of a little bit of snow here in Tennessee, oh. which was like the, the so day before the late first March. day of spring. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay. We finally had like a teeny tiny bit of snow. It was actually colder in fucking Tennessee than it was in New York City, which is some bullshit. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So it's like, well, this is probably our last chance to have a snow day. So let's stay in and let's uh, eat pho and watch The Shining, which is, of course, Uh the best day. Sounds great. uh, Closest thing to a snow day that we had. Still the fucking best. God damn it. I never get tired of that movie. Still the best. No, it's it's always great. And pho is always great. So, yeah. 
Fuck yeah, dude. That's great. Man. And uh, we also wanted to watch ourselves something like let's say let's say a little bit deeper by maybe a well-known okay you know directorial writer superstar steven soderberg right he's <gasps> okay. known for writing stuff that you know it kind of makes you think you watch it and you go wow what a well-made movie this is so mm-hmm. that's why we yeah. watched magic mike because <laughs> apparently he directed okay. that <laughs> he did he did direct magic mike how'd you feel about it I I am still processing, dude. Like, yeah. have you okay? Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I I don't know how this movie got made, and then how there's also <laughs> like two sequels, and people uh-huh. really love it, dude. Okay. I need you to watch it just so just so you'll have the same shared like hallucinatory experience that I did. Yeah, because like I was I went into this movie thinking. This is going to be showgirls with hunks, right? Right. That seems exactly like what it is. It's fucking old potato face and all right, all right. And they're and all right, slinging all dick right. and showing their butts and so on. Uh-huh. Just being hunks all over the place. Right. I was thinking it would be like at least, you know, yeah, showgirls level of campy and stupid and fun. But it's like not at all. There huh. is so much weirdly artsy directed shot stuff in this dude that makes no sense like zero sense at all for the tone of this movie i cannot fucking figure this shit out but at the same time dude it's so bizarre and knowing that people like it enough and people liked it enough to go see two more of them Uh uh-huh i want i want to watch the sequels just because i need to know what the fuck that was going on here that hooked Uh people in it is ben. so boring and uh-huh. so slow and like right. plottingly artsy, and gotcha. then it's just like assless chaps, butt that's, meat jiggling around. That's that, that's what they went to see. That's it. That's it. But who who wants to see? Uh, middle aged uh, uh, moms who want to be titillated but don't just want to watch porn. But the thing about it is, is it was also like definitely like shot by straight man. Yeah. Like it totally okay. is like male gazy at times. Uh-huh. Huh. I can't fucking figure out what this movie is saying, dude. I I mean, I think maybe Steven Soderbergh was like, if we put these dudes uh, dancing in this, I can do whatever I want. I guess. Yeah. Because, you know people want to see Channing Tatum's uh, dancing with, you know, teeny tiny little undies on. That Tater can dance. I'll give him that. I'll tell you yeah. what. Yeah, I mean, he that's... he be popping that's and locking and just slinging that narrative. meat around every which way. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's the story. The story of the movie is when are they going to drop Dong? And I'll tell then, you, though, honestly. You yeah. know, like, that's it. You just sit there and wait, and then you go, woo! And you drink the white wine that you snuck in in your purse and you fucking have a good time. I guess so, man. But I, I got to be real with you. I was kind of disappointed because there weren't a magic trick of one in this entire thing. Other than maybe if you're like, he made his clothes disappear. I guess that's kind of a magic trick. <laughs> it is kind of. You know, when they rip off those like those pants that just tear away. Seems like magic. I guess so. Mm-hmm. You know? 
So in that way, it did deliver on its promises, I suppose. It was just fucking weird, dude. It was really, That's really interesting. weird. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I've heard that, like, I, I've definitely heard podcasts talking about it. I've heard that the sequels are weird, too. So, like, I think maybe you're overthinking it, though, because, like, it, it really is just, like, like it, it, it's like the, the, the Fifty Shades of Grey crowd. You know, where they don't want to, they don't want to admit they like porn, but they do want porn. (laughs) So here's the thing though, like the, the, the tone of this was way, way closer to something like the wrestler. (laughs) I'm not joking. Yes. Does Channing Tatum's heart explode, but he shows his dick one last time? (laughs) It just blows up. Like It was so surreal and strange because it is kind of like this sad, introspective movie at times. Uh But then like the fucking erotic dance scenes are just like... Yeah, fucking, they're dancing to Pony, and he's popping and locking, and his uh-huh. dick's in that woman's okay. face. And All right. It's almost yeah. like, imagine imagine the wrestler, except that the wrestling matches are, like, really fun and awesome, <laughs> like real wrestling is. <laughs> like, how weird that tone would be. Okay, yeah, that's strange, yeah. That it's weird. really, like, I need okay. you to watch it just to help me figure out what the fuck that movie okay. is, dude. Okay. It is really weird. <laughs> okay. It's not, right, not what I was expecting. I, you know, I'll watch it, and... Maybe if we if we can like make sense of it somehow, maybe we will put our heads together that will make the Magic Mike universe make sense. Aside from you know abs and dicks, yeah, and then we can also start our. We'll start the first live dance podcast, Pop and Lockley. (laughs) Pop and Lockley. Yeah, but the disappointing thing is, is it's mostly going to be like the sounds of our like 40 year old knees, like popping and creaking and stuff. And a lot of like really weathered, heavy breathing because we're just out of breath, you know? Yeah. And I feel like we have to get at least in one episode as a guest, Heather Locklear and in another episode, Robin of Locksley. Wow. For the lock portion, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think on every episode we also drink a pop, which is what I'm about to do right now. I got to oh, turn yeah? in my Southerner card. I, I felt myself say the word pop, and I'm like, I hate hearing myself say that. Yeah, I, I, I'm fine with soda. I you know soda soda's fine. Like if you don't yeah. want to call everything a Coke, sure, no. it's a soda. But it is all a Coke. Listen, it's all a Coke. We're though. from the South. Yeah. That's what it is. You it's want a Pepsi Coke? Coke? Okay, right. You want an orange Coke? You want a lemon lime Coke? Uh-huh. You Whatever. want a Mountain Dew Coke? Coke. <laughs> now, the real Southerners will call it a yellow dope, and I uh, love yeah. that. My, yeah. I my love call that. it a yellow, yellow dope. dope. Uh-huh. Dude, I'm having myself a Coke by Olipop. This is their classic root beer sparkling tonic. Have you ever had this shit? Nuh-uh. Okay, not a sponsor. Olipop. This shit is fucking awesome. It's a... Uh, it's like 35 calories. It's sweetened with like stevia and stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, they're just basically, yeah, like sodas, but they also have like like a fucking probiotic in them. This is such old man shit, dude. I remember like being at the gas stations and being like, let's buy the one that has the most calories and caffeine and sugar. And now I'm like, let's get the one with the prebiotic that's 35 <laughs> calories and sweetened with stevia. 
I can have it late at night and it won't keep me up. I don't know. I've known you quite a while. I feel like that it's been at least 15 years of your life where That's you've true. been doing that. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That, is, that is valid. This shit is awesome. It legit tastes like a great ass root beer. It's so fucking good. And like they have a uh, like a cherry vanilla one I had last Ooh. night. It tastes like fucking cherry pie a la mode. It's oh, so good. That's awesome. and like I usually I usually hate stevia stuff. It has this weird like almost like metallic aftertaste to it. It's weird. Oh, I don't yeah. like it. I'm at not all. a stevia fan, no. No, it's strange, man. There's like a there's like this stevia sensation that happens after I swallow that stuff. Yeah, I also hate monk fruit. Have you had anything yeah, with monk fruit? Yeah, it's weird, fruit? man. It's gross. Yeah, it's strange. So gross. Yeah. Somehow these Olipop ones dodge that bullet. I don't mm-hmm. exactly know how. A lot of them have like apple cider vinegar and shit in them too, so maybe that has something oh. to do with it. I don't know. But they're real good. The, and the root beer one here is so fucking awesome. It's interesting that you're uh, drinking uh, uh, that insane root beer. Uh, as I just, before we recorded, had a Keef Soda root beer, which is a, a weed root beer. Um, Say what? Yeah. That's yeah, the root, awesome. That's been the root all along? <laughs> that's been Pot the root. root all along. Weed root. Pot root. <laughs> Pot root. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we, there, there's this uh, soda brand here, uh, Keef Soda. They're really fucking good. They're like 100 milligrams of THC. So, you know. A hundred? Yeah, you can't drink the whole thing. Well, you can. I, I was going to say, Jesus Christ, dude. I would be on the fucking moon. <laughs> I I actually have drank all of one in one night, but not all at the same time. And I was. What? I was on the fucking moon. But in a pleasant way. It wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't like that uncomfortable high. It was nice. Anyway, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's also amazing. Like it's really good root beer. Like they have orange cream soda and uh, or orange soda or whatever. What is it called? Orange soda. yellow dope. Oh, orange cream soda. I got they yellow got, dope. Yeah, they got they got yellow dope. They got that grape dope. Uh, good stuff, man. I fucking highly recommend it. And they should pay us money. I'll I will hawk your wares, sir. Yeah, yeah, mm. I would totally be down with that um, uh-huh. if it was legal in my state. I know that fucking sucks. I, I it's like we, I, I have leveled out because when we first got here, I really was like a kid in a candy store. Like I would just try everything, uh, yeah, and now, I, yeah, yeah, now I've, I've figured out what I like and 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 much more in the like. Okay, yeah, this is just a normal everyday thing. You got a weed store across the street and another one slightly down the block and another one the other way. Uh, it's great. You got your weed store and you got mm-hmm. your favorite hardware store where you can go get some that gold scrape, spray paint that you like to huff on so much. <laughs> You're good. You know, you know what? I think I'm going to start getting back into huffing spray paint. I say back into like I ever was into. But <laughs> Bring it back. Yeah, bring, let's start huffing spray paint and become spray paint connoisseurs. Like Dad that. and Huffley, our paint huffing podcast. <laughs> we Huffley. review, yeah. yeah. What what is the best paints to huff on? I love it. It's sponsored Great. by Krylon or something. Cry- yeah, Krylon sent us over a couple cases. Yeah, that'd be great. Not a sponsor. We just been sent these to try out. The opinions are my own on this spray paint here. Ooh, uh, hints of acetone really get you fucked up. <laughs> Good body high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah, One of these dead days. and huffly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'll tell you what about breaking some laws, Steve. You know, the laws uh-huh. are in place, and that's what keeps me from uh, smoking green plants. It yeah. also keeps me from ever breaking the speed limit, because as we know, <laughs> laws are laws, and only criminals break, break them. them. That's right. Yeah. Only you criminals break them. Yeah, exactly. They're laws, so you don't break them. Except if it's purge time, and you're going to be just getting your purge on and doing whatever you please, living like a lawless heathen for about 12 hours, maybe we talk about what crimes we might be committing here in the Preview Palace. Welcome to the Preview Palace. Oh, we're going to get downright unlawful here in this piece we've both prepared three critical crime breaks that we're going to be doing whenever that purge be a breaking out in our local area that's Steve, right you mind if i go ahead and go on record here and just perjure myself and yeah. uh you know just admit my future crimes on the okay, air for let's everybody hear. to hear let's hear about it whenever the purge kicks into effect uh-huh you can damn well bet I'm going to download a car. Man. Okay. I want to tell y'all right quick. Before, when we were doing pre-production, we, we I said, hey, uh, do you want to like talk about our answers or do you want to just do them and see if they overlap? Our first yeah. one overlap. How the fuck is that no. possible? You got to download, download a car too? A house. Download a house. That's different. That's totally different. But yes, we both thought of that fucking that old anti piracy damn it. thing. We're gonna download a car yeah. and a house. That's wild, dude. First thing you I wouldn't do, download a car. I fucking would. Bet me. I damn well would download a car. If it's legal for twelve hours, Fuck here's the only thing right. though, man. What if you start the download and it's like uh-huh. back on Kazaa days and it's like download will complete in uh-huh. 38 days and you're like, oh, I only fuck. have 12 hours, Kazaa. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Kazaa. To download yeah. house.notavirus.zip. <laughs> or, right? or dot to exe. download car by Alanis Morissette X, Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> X, Natalie yeah, Imbruglia. <laughs> Fullalbum.exe. Right. <laughs> Always, dude. Yeah. That'd be a real problem. If your house was just halfway downloaded and you're like, God damn it, purge times are over. I'm going to get it. arrested by Pick cyber cops. next year. <laughs> I think... All right. I have... I do have an idea. Like, I'm not... Okay. I thought of download a house as a funny joke, but then I was like, wait a second. What I would do is move into a house like so one of those uh, fucking airbnb houses that's always goddamn empty i'd move in and i'd be like this is my house and it's if they now. come to kick you out I'd be like i moved in on purge night and claimed it as my house i stole your house it's my house now stole it wow yeah sorry you can't you can't do anything about it it was stolen on purge night so my house now it counts huh yeah i think so I get it, man. I get it. Wow, that's cool. So we're we're gonna be downloading some stuff for our first crimes. What's your second crime? Okay, this one this one was like almost my immediate thought: tax fraud. Oh I'm, yeah, I, I'm fi- I'm filing my taxes on purge night, and guess what? I am taking everything off. 
Everything. I am owed. I am I owed, am owed so much. Several million dollars in tax refund. And guess what? They can't do anything about it because I filed it during the purge. That's a pretty good strategy, honestly. Mm. And and honestly, if there's anybody I I wouldn't mind just outright fucking over, it would be the IRS. <laughs> that's a good call. You know, I think that's a pretty victimless crime. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I think like. Uh it really all of my plans are plans to undermine the purge because the purge is about like hurting poor people so if you're stealing someone's second home or committing tax fraud or my third thing when we get to it uh you're gonna make them rethink the purge Mm. right yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. if the crime actually hurts them yeah hmm i like it that's a good move man you know, that's that's kind of similar in a way to what I want to commit for my second crime of the night, which is where I go to Governor Bill Lee's house and uh-huh. I fill it full of geese. <laughs> Chock full of geese. Yeah, because you full can't murder geese. level 10 politicians, but you can fuck with them, right? Are they completely Give them exclu- the geese. I guess it says they're excluded from the purge. So I guess you just can't do anything. Is that the deal? But I don't know. Like, what is he going to do? Was this talked about in the in this first movie? Because I thought in the first movie it was any crime. That's all that I'm going off Well, of. no, I mean, uh, it, it says in the, the Purge announcement that uh, level 10 politicians are excluded from the Purge. So, But here's That's the it. thing. Also, filling someone's house with geese is not necessarily something that they're going to be able to arrest you for. And the police are not going to come out. So his house is going to be filled with geese. I mean, so, back in the 12 days of Christmas, I think that was just a normal gift, right? House yeah, just full say you of geese. A gift. <laughs> house full of geese. <laughs> All the fucking geese. Dude, Go fuck good, yourself. That's a good point. Like, seriously, you gave me geese for Christmas? Ugh. Get the fuck out of here. What did I do all to the you? Birds? What am I doing with all these birds? Just tell me what I did to you would be more beneficial <laughs> yeah, than giving me these fucking sorry. geese. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's House great. full of geese, though. You know? House full of geese. That's I, Yeah, that's a great prank, too, on an asshole. <laughs> uh my third one is may- maybe uh le- less nice than the first two but i'd go burn down every mcdonald's and walmart all there's nobody them. there's nobody in them because of course you know businesses aren't open during the purge everything's uh, closed and, you're not gonna be yeah. hurting anybody okay yeah but it will be hurting the corporations and since they control the politicians it probably again would end the purge apparently everything i would be doing would be to end the purge because the purge is a bad idea which is what these movies are about but i I think that would work like there's so many things you could do to turn the purge around on them because really they just want uh vulnerable people to die it's kind of at least tell me before you go in there and you torch them mickey d's you're gonna get in there and save the hash browns Oh, listen, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to grab uh, uh, a couple of quarter pounders with cheese, uh, probably some nuggets. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go off for sure and then burn it to the ground. Yeah. Looking out for yourself first, though. I don't know what kind of moral ground this is. <laughs> now I'm going to hand those out to people who oh, are sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, not sure. participating in the purge. I don't know how I'd do that. 
Mm. <laughs> like just go knocking on someone's door like y'all want the quarter pounder with cheese hey you you purging <laughs> no want some nugs i don't know <laughs> i got some apple pies they're great <laughs> i mean they never have apple pies and that fucking soft serve machine ain't on either you know how oh it is man i'll tell you what they uh around, around uh this is amazing you got to have this at some point in your life around uh, Thanksgiving and during the fall time. Uh, they have a pumpkin cream pie there. Uh, and it oh, is awesome. What the what? It's 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 fried pie, just like the apple pie, but it's got like pump like pumpkin pie stuff. And then like a like a, a, a cream cheesy cream type of thing going on in there. And it's fucking amazing. I bet that doesn't suck. Like, yeah, it doesn't for all. sure. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember when they did cherry pies like in the nineties? I do. Those were great. Those were what good, happened to that? man? Yeah. Dude. Anyway, I'm going to burn down McDonald's, but also I'm going to go get some McDonald's after this, I think. So <laughs> <laughs> now that we've talked about it, it sounds all right. Also, by the way, this is a hypothetical burning down of McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> I realized I just created the sound bite. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast for entertainment purposes only. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So uh, uh, that, that I mean, listen. Uh, you got. You gotta. You gotta fight the purge in some way. I feel like right. But it's also like if you get out there and start shooting at other people, like you know, are you just purging too? Like, are you are you just fulfilling some sort of like vigilante desire or whatever? Yeah, sure, I'm not interested. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I think the way that my night is going to go after I download a U-Haul truck that I filled full of geese to be uh-huh. delivered at Bill Just Lee's Bill house, uh-huh. after I fill his house full of geese, I think, and maybe I'll do it with a, with a Walmart or something, like you said, something that's abandoned, and, and it's definitely before you torch it. Uh-huh, uh, right. Because then, I, actually, this works out very well, because I was thinking about this, and I was like, oh, I'd feel kind of bad about it, because somebody would have to clean this up. But if you're just going to burn it anyway, if uh-huh. we can coordinate, I <laughs> yeah. can get in a grocery store and finally live out the recurring dream that I've had for okay. my entire life, which is where I get to go into a grocery store and just knock shit off the shelves and just wreck the place. Oh, okay. Uh, I've mentioned on the show many times, I've had this dream for forever, where uh-huh. like... I go in a grocery store. I go to that produce section. I'm running wild. I'm just knocking shit around, throwing stuff off shelves, drop kicking displays and end caps, just yeah. having a wild time. And like, I realize I'm in a dream, and I'm like, oh shit, no consequences. I got to wreck as much shit as I can. <laughs> and the dream kind of like starts to close up. I'm gonna do it IRL on purge yeah. night. That sounds great. It does. It does sound great. So yes, let's coordinate that. Nobody will have to right? clean that up. <laughs> Yeah, because I thought about it, and I was like, oh, but then somebody has to come in the next day, and like they probably right. had a rough night, you know, because yeah. obviously if you're like, if you're working the produce section at Walmart, you're probably getting purged on pretty bad by the Richie Richies. Yeah, that's... And then I you got to come yeah. in and clean up my mess? Ugh. Yeah. That was one of the things where I was thinking, like, wait, am I hurting, like, poor people by burning down their jobs? And it's like, yeah, I mean, obviously that fucking sucks, but it's also like, wait, a lot of those people are going to get killed. Uh, yeah, that too sucks. Yeah, so yeah. it's about ending the purge, right? Yeah, I'd probably do something too where I go in and like probably like free a bunch of puppies from them puppy mills and so oh, on. Fuck, that ain't no yeah. good. Yeah. Don't nobody need to be a part of none of no, that shit. No, stop that shit. Yeah, no, get I, them I, puppies out. 
I think I think we definitely. Uh, but we both are too. We're good boys. We just don't want to. Obviously, burn. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not interested. Doesn't sound fun to me. Except for downloading a car. No, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Awesome. I'm gonna download. I like. I of course I would download a car. What an idiotic <laughs> thing to say. Who wouldn't download <laughs> a car? Why wouldn't I download a car? <laughs> you kidding? That would be so fucking sick. Right? You just like stick a flash drive in your computer and I don't know, like you see laser lines jump out and now you got a car. It's like, fuck yeah, a car. I know, right? How do I extract <laughs> the file? 3D print a car. <laughs> 3D print a car. That's. I mean, great. honestly though... Like in the age of like fucking ghost guns that are like downloadable three D printed guns, we're yeah. not that far off from being able to download a oh, car yeah, no, or I'm a sure, house. I'm sure people are working on it. Yeah, there's there's definitely got to be people. Like I, I I'm sure like I have seen those like like small home designs that are like three D printable, but they're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, they're not like meant to last for a very long time, as as far as I understand. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're definitely getting to a point where that is that is a possibility. I don't know. What a time to be alive. Yeah, I don't know how safe it would be. <laughs> that take a little work developing a safe 3D printed car. Eh. Hey, Bill, what you been up to this week, man? Oh, I've been playing some Xbox and playing Madden. What about you? I've been working on plans on how to download a car. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> Somebody's having that conversation right now. Right now. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, IRL. Uh, That's what's going on. Let's down. give them something to talk about. How about downloading cars? How huh? about downloading cars? Cars, cars. Houses. <laughs> this has been a musical well, episode. It has, really, and mm-hmm. it's just going to keep on going as we get to the, the movie review portion of the show. Be sure to hang out with us on our uh, Facebook group there, on the Facebook. It's the only reason to Facebook, to put your face in, in the book, book and look mm-hmm. at it with your face instead of right. reading a book. It's the only reason to do it so you can hang out in our Facebook face group. Okay, That's so right. Hang out with your boys on there after you have rated and reviewed on Apple Podcast and or Spotify and or left a bathroom graffiti saying for a good time, uh-huh. listen to Dead and Lovely Horror Podcast. Yep. That is the best yep. free billboard that we can afford for free. Or, you know, uh, I'll suggest this. Uh, go uh, and get 500 business cards made that uh, say for a good time call. For a good time, uh, listen to Dead and Lovely and just hand them out to strangers. Actually, Ooh, you know what? Cool. Stop people in public and be like, have you heard the good news? <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of ominous. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. We need chick tracks, right? Ooh, About yeah. how, like, That'd be fun. Somebody regrets like never people- having listened to us. Yeah, and I think it tells like morality stories about people that listen to like other podcasts. Like, right. oh, th- this guy listened to a uh, fucking Jordan Peterson podcast, and look how bad his life was. Right, no chicks yeah. like him at all. Uh-huh. And then it's like dead and lovely podcast. However, now yeah. this guy's a cool mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, I think this is a great idea to finally get the cult really going. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Good idea, man. Good idea. So yeah, do all that stuff, and now listen to us as we uh, frantically yak about 
Lepergi from mm-hmm. 2013. This is a first time watch for me, dude. We watched this the other night, and uh, I went into it not knowing much anything about it. I mean, I knew the basic premise that there was yeah. like a time period where anything was allowed, but I didn't know. It was essentially a home invasion movie. I didn't know fucking Ethan Hawke was in it. Like right? I didn't know yeah. really anything about this. I didn't even know that I was going to get dang old Cersei Lannister up in this bitch. Hell but I yeah. sure was. Uh huh. You sure did too. She's killing it. Yeah, she's great mm-hmm. in this man. Yes, and she is. Uh, I gotta say, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Like I kind of thought going into this that it was just going to be another Blumhouse. What the fuck ever. It's just like. This period of lawlessness is just an excuse to show us, the viewers, a bunch of, like, wretched, horrible rape and torture and shit. Right. Um, That's kind of what I thought that it would be, and I was happily incorrect about that. Yep, you were. Yeah, and I'd say the whole series uh, is is sharp, it's smart, it it really knows, like, uh, James DeMonico, the creator and writer of of all the, the movies and creator of the tv series like he he clearly has like a a good grasp on the the realities of america and this is set in 2022 and honestly like feels like something that could be going on in 2022 but it actually came out in 2013 uh and you know it 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 feels prophetic though it's also like Honestly, we we had all this shit going on well before you know Trump and 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 COVID. But then watching this post Trump and post COVID, it also seems like it seems like uh, you know he had looked into the future in some ways, especially as you yeah. get into the uh, some of the sequels. And then some of the sequels are you know after Trump's presidency and then after COVID, and clearly have some you know response to that it, i i really think it's it's a great series and and i definitely think you should watch it i think this movie is good and when i saw it back in the day um around the time it came out like on you know streaming and stuff uh i i was like oh pretty cool uh so i i thought oh, i'll check out the sequel and the sequel kind of had me hooked where i was like oh i'll watch all of these um but th- this first one as you said, like it, I really expected the same thing. I expected it to be like, oh, I don't want to see, like I don't want to revel in people's penchant for violence. Um, yeah, exactly. But the 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 movie definitely isn't doing that. It's doing a completely different thing. Uh, definitely satirizing some of the realities of both conservatives and, and, and liberals and, and really just like, I don't know, man, it, the series itself is, is very good and, and I highly recommend it, but, but this movie yeah. itself, great. Uh, but it, it has its issues, but it, it's, it's a really short, quick, like solid sting. Like every, everything about it hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, this movie didn't exactly, like, blow my mind. Right. Um, but I, I liked it enough, and I liked the premise enough, and kind of what they're trying to say with this enough to where I'm like, you know what? I definitely want to watch the sequels. Like, this yeah. isn't this isn't a 10 out of 10 movie or anything for me, and uh, it still stuck with me enough to where I'm like, I would like to see what else they have to say about this topic, because I feel like this is one of those flicks where... 
the, the premise and the world that they've built where we do have this government sanctioned and encouraged period of lawlessness for 12 yeah. hours once a year and seeing right. the stories of people that are being affected by that and how people are going to live through that and survive it. That's an interesting enough premise. And then the movie itself is basically a pretty simple home yeah, invasion. Pretty movie. contained. Like he, yeah. It is. Like you could yeah. borderline have this movie as it is without any of the purge narrative. Like a family's sure. at home, yeah, it's a, a home kid lets thing. some guy yep. that's that's running from people, lets him in the house. Yep. The people he's running from show up and they're like, get the guy out here, or we're gonna invade your house. Like you could tell that story. That's in the middle of a, a cabin in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Without all the purge narrative. Yeah. And but- this is, yeah, this is the, the, uh, this movie, it, it kind of like, it, it very much is, is a product of people who've been in Hollywood for a while and know how to succeed. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Jason Blumhouse or, uh, J- what is it? Jason? It's Jason Blumhouse. Blum? I think so. Jason Blum. Uh, Jason Blum, not Jason Blumhouse. What the <laughs> fuck? Uh, Jason Blum and, and James DeMonico uh, have been working in Hollywood for a while. Jason Blum, clearly with Blumhouse, has you know been working on a formula to make these uh, efficient, well-made movies. You know, not, not every Blumhouse movie is a hit with everyone, but there are definitely some really great ones. We've talked about Sweetheart. They make We've money, talked about, for yeah. sure. Well, I mean, we've talked about some really good ones they've done. I, I I think it's, it's easy. A lot of horror fans really quickly sort of shit on Blumhouse, but when you look at the stuff that they're doing, some of it's really great. Like I, I really like this series. I really liked sweetheart. I really liked some other stuff that they've done. But yeah, a lot of it is kind of just like, you know, not my type of thing. <laughs> um, but the, this, this movie is made with, the the world in mind like it really like as you said it doesn't need the purge bit but by giving us the purge bit it it means like hey if this movie can make money we can make sequels that open up the world it's just like the sequels do like the second one is uh is kind of escape from new yorky like that's what that's what the aim was and it's got frank grilo Mm -hmm. and like he he's on a mission but then there's all these other people that he's protecting and stuff and it's like really interesting because you get to see the the much larger world of who's purging and what they're purging for and like uh and the more like celebrational aspects because this has you know our, our home invaders are wearing the masks uh which you know kind of connect it with halloween like this is sort of a a holiday this is a thing they're celebrating and the the future sequels all have that as like a, an element like people are treating this like a holiday like something to celebrate and they're wearing masks and stuff which of course you know help hide their identity but it's also like self-expression in the purge because it becomes such a huge part of of people so quickly um, so the, the world gets blown out, but this is contained because it's an interesting concept, but you don't know if it's going to go anywhere. $3 million budget, real small. You get Ethan Hawke. He, he comes on for $3,000. He takes scale to do this movie, but he also got like wow. some, some points on the back end, which ended up actually making this his most profitable acting role. But uh, you... 
you basically just have like the the know-how of, of uh james demonico and, and jason blum and they're they're friends with ethan hawk so he's willing to work with them which brings some eyes to this this premise and i feel like what everybody was brought in to really quickly was the premise it became like a like a a cultural reference pretty quickly and you yeah, even totally. see it like played out in in shows. I mean, Rick and Morty did did a purge episode, like, but it gets talked about and stuff in shows because it's the idea itself. Just it it's something. It, it's based on uh, basically what happened was there was a, a drunk driver who almost like uh, you know ran him and his wife off the road. And when they pulled over, the guy was like un like unfazed and like not apologetic in the least bit, and like they ended up getting in a fist fight, and then like the police showed up, and then like he and his wife were were sitting in their car talking, and his wife said that I wish you I wish you got just one murder a year, uh, yeah. and that kind of like initiated this thought process. And it's great, too, because that's, like, a type of thought you have, and then you think later, like, well, yeah, like, I don't mean that. But he actually thought it through and realized how bad an idea it is, but how great a premise it is that that is happening. Because you then get to play out just exactly how bad of an idea it is. Yeah, like, what would your neighbor do? What would right. your relatives do? It's what would one of those kind of thought experiments. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of surprised with this whenever I, I saw it, that it was such a zoomed-in, scoped-in movie, where it's right. like you have the entire nation being lawless for 12 hours, but we're going to spend the entire thing with this one very well-to-do family and their little gated community and focus on right. what they're doing. And, you know, then doing a little bit of reading about it, it's just like, well, that's not even necessarily the story that they wanted to tell of this, but no. they had, what, like a $3 million budget yeah, and like very 19 limited days budget. to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's like, well, let's do this and hopefully it goes well and maybe we can get yeah. to do a sequel where it does expand on the world. And, you know, again, like as somebody that just watched this for the first time, mission accomplished like i didn't adore this movie or anything but i want to see what else is happening in the rest of the country whenever the purge is going down yeah yeah it's it's effective it it is kind of like a proof of concept uh yeah that's a good way to look at it proof of concept yeah yeah and it it, you know and they uh, like they didn't uh, spare like they they didn't have the budget but they didn't spare anything else like the it, it shot well the the like every single role seems to be filled really well everybody's like nailing the performance like it's small uh and there's not a lot of people and a lot of the violence is contained in a very short period of the movie Uh, a lot of the tension is just the tension of a, a home invasion thriller slash horror movie and you know i mean obviously like movies like the strangers have done it better but yeah this does it well enough sufficiently i think yeah i agree and and, you know that added tension that you're talking about i think really comes from obviously not only just the uh yeah the bad guys wearing the masks and stuff that are outside of the house but even whenever the kid lets in this uh kind of drifter guy 
this unknown factor into the house. Like having just watched this for the first time, the entire time I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, this guy's probably like in on the plan. Like he's probably a part right. of this group that was chasing him and he's going to let the bad guys in and the terror will commence. Like there's kind of this unknown factor where they let this stranger into the house, you know, Charlie, the son, just trying to save him and get him away from these people that are chasing after him. Uh But then he, like, vanishes because these people have a ginormous house and, you know, everybody's all spread out. Like, that's one thing that I think worked very well for this movie is the fact that it's these super rich people in this ginormous house that they keep building additions to and everybody's so spread out that you never right. know where anybody is and nobody can just like call for help and be like, hey, he's in there. Because <laughs> everybody is like on three different levels of this house and shit. Right. Like, their, uh, their wealth and just how huge their house is becomes like a burden whenever the shit's going down. I like that, that element in this movie. But yeah, again, I like the tension of like not knowing for most of the movie is this drifter guy a part of this or not? Yeah, and at one point he takes the daughter like hostage and stuff and you know, you're you're not yeah, you're not sure on that first watch through. But then when you know, after you've seen it, you watch it again and you know this is just a, a normal guy who has been chased by these, you know, rich fucking psychopaths. Um, because they want to kill him just because he's poor. Uh, and he, he's obviously in this house still worried about these people. He doesn't know these people like these people could try to kill him. Uh, and yeah, these are the also, type of people that usually try to kill him on purge night. Exactly. <laughs> he's, like, he's having to hide in the frying pan, dude. Like this guy is probably more <laughs> right? scared than anybody in the fucking movie. Exactly. Yeah. So there's like two two different levels to this where the first time you're watching through it it's tense because you he's an unknown factor and then when he's a known factor it's tense because you realize how fucking scared he is even in safety yeah yeah he runs and hides like he's not only hiding from the people he's escaping from but also the people whose house he's just been let into right like he's running from them yeah and you'll see in in the sequels why he would be scared of that like uh to, this is interesting because, like, basically, the purge is is like a a capitalism cult, and the more capitalist you are, the more it is like a religion. Like the they, you know, you see when the the neighbors come in to kill uh, the the family, they like say basically a prayer beforehand. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, the, the the religion and the politics have gotten really roped in right, into yeah. making everyone believe that this is the way and you're doing your yeah. patriotic and religious duty by participating right. in this thing for your country. And the younger which is so American. Yeah. The younger rich, like that guy you can tell the smirk on his face and stuff, he knows it's bullshit, but he knows that it means he can do whatever he wants. You're talking and about so lead, he lead bad guy? It. Yeah, the lead bad guy, uh, played by, by Reese uh, Wakefield, who fucking nails it, and apparently was cast a day before they started shooting, uh, Man, and fucking I kills think it. if you took one of the bad guys from Funny Games uh-huh. and Ryder, Ryder Strong from Boy uh-huh. Meets World put and put together. him in the telepods yeah. from The Fly, that guy <laughs> would come out, get. I'm pretty fucking sure. That's what you get, yeah. <laughs> but you don't yeah, want like, that. Uh, it, but then you see also, so like the our central family, t- 
10 years ago, which would be like, this is like five years into the purge. So like 10 years ago, five years before the purge, they were struggling to make ends meet. They were struggling to pay rent. And Mm -hmm. now they have the biggest house in the gated community inside the gated suburb. Like, they, the people that they're around are old rich and they resent this and they hate that these people not only are now richer than them, but they've gotten richer than them selling security systems to them to keep them safe during the purge. Right. Uh, yeah. And rich people, especially old money, resent when anybody gets anything. That's how they got to where they are. Hating anybody else having anything. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm not better than them. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the family, though, is an interesting dynamic because they come from nothing. So you can tell that Mary, played by uh, Lena Hetty, um, uh, Cersei Lannister, uh, you can tell that she is uncomfortable with the purge. Uh, yeah. You can also tell that James, played by Ethan Hawke, everything about his like career is based on the purge. So he has he buys the flowers. He has the the ultimate security system. He has to buy in. Like uh, you know, he can't leave the country during the purge. Right, and it's like, of course he supports it. His fucking living comes from it. If he didn't support it, then he wouldn't have all this nice shit. Right, exactly. So he has to be home during the purge. He has to have the fucking flowers out and everything. He has to be uh, all about the purge, but he doesn't seem dedicated to it like the uh, the rich people are. Uh, and he's not right. interested in going out and doing it. They don't it. participate. Yeah, like right, they don't yeah. go out and like target people that they don't like or anything like that. Yeah. Like this movie to me, and again, especially with it being set in America, um, like what this movie kind of puts me in the mind of is a story about somebody in America who's like, let's say, a NRA lobbyist. Right. That is just all about, oh, the fucking Second Amendment and arm up and no carry permits, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know their kid is in like a school shooting and like shit right. comes to their doorstep. Right. How do you react now? Like you supported it when it wasn't affecting you at all and you right. were just reaping the benefits and, and making tons of money. Yes. But how do you feel about it now that it's your fucking problem? Yes. And that's why the ending is so fucking interesting to me because at the ending, you could read this as this is a good woman who doesn't want to purge. I don't think that's what the ending is. The ending is this is a, a a white liberal rich person who doesn't want to lose their position. And if they kill about rich friends or rich neighbors, they're going to lose clients. They're going to lose out on any future security money. They're going to lose out on all that. So she can't do it. She won't do it. It sure is going to make that that next neighborhood barbecue hella awkward, though. Sure is. Sure is, isn't it? Yeah. I would think, yeah, she's she's probably going to sell that house and move. I would, would, right? Um, But (laughs) then again, like, you know, uh, where do you go at that point? Like, you were in the safest, supposedly safest neighborhood possible, and even then you're not safe. Like, you'd have to feel so vulnerable 
and yeah. coming from a position of being the richest person in the neighborhood where for fi- and finally you know you had grown up not rich finally being secure it like you can see she's going through it at that table right like it, it's like yeah she could get her revenge but then she loses her security and then it's like there's just so much going on with this purge like the ending works perfectly to leave you thinking like fuck like what would i do in that situation and i i mean mm-hmm. one i feel like i i i don't ever want to be in this situation if i was in this situation i would leave the country by whatever means necessary and never return but uh i i think you know if you are in this situation where you're ultra rich or whatever and you completely benefit from the purge and now it's come to your doorstep you can't you can't even turn on it you know you can't even turn on it you are stuck unless you want to give up everything that you have which is you know probably the best thing to do there but then you're in the purge like everybody else Right. And and that's, you know, again, one of those distinctly, I I think, American ideologies where it's just like, well, sure, it'd be better for everybody else if this wasn't going on. But then I might lose all the cool stuff and security and comfort that. Right. That I have. That is. Yep. That is. That's why. That's why this series, it shows, yes, that there are absolutely fascists and conservatives that want to just go out and commit wholesale murder. And that's their only goal. They want to hurt people uh it shows also there are moderates who will get involved uh and they they maybe won't maybe will it shows that there are liberals who are so invested in the system that they can't give it up right yeah it's it's so interesting because it really is like a a strong like it really puts a microscope on the political situation of the country that, you know, was leading up to Trump and, and still going on to at this moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and again, it also plays into that. And again, I've only lived in America, so I keep saying distinctively American perspective, but I'm sure it's the same in some other places in the world as well. Right. But, you know, these people that are in this super wealthy neighborhood that are never going to be affected by the purge. Nobody's coming to hunt them down. They've right. got their weapons and security systems and everything. But even though they don't go out and participate in the purge and go looting and pillaging and killing people and stuff, they still show support for it. And yeah. they mm-hmm. thrive off of it and they don't do anything yep. to oppose it because, well, it's never been a problem for me. Like This exactly. is totally people being like... I, I mean, I see people talking about defund the police, but I, I've never had any problems out of them. So exactly. it's that shit. It is it's that, that shit. Not, yeah, it's that refusal it. to scope out and look uh-huh. at it and say like, yeah, but look at all the people that have. Look yeah. at your fellow fucking countrymen that have. Yeah. And I feel like um, that's, that's why I think this is almost like the best way that they could have started a Purge series instead of op- having a huge open world having this smaller story that reveals how uh this affects because it it shows the effects on on the uh guy who's being chased the bloody guy who uh the character is actually in the first three movies and his name is dante Mm. bishop though they never name him in this 
Um, I thought that was cool that he was kind of nameless because then he yeah. can represent any number of homeless people, veterans, right. exactly uh, minorities, anything right. that you want to assign to him. I like that he was nameless. Yeah, so you see that like he's he is definitely going to be the victim of the purge, and then the purge like after once you get into the credits, it starts like playing like news stuff that's going on post purge um and and like you hear them talking about people you know uh, going to targeting like uh poor areas you hear like a dad talking about losing his sons and losing his faith in america and like so it kind of opens up like a, a, a wider world and and shows that like the the purge itself the these are the victims the the bloody stranger representing the victims um and and then like just give us that little bit of news coverage that you see him watching and then later like at over the the final credits like it, that shows us that like yeah that is the goal it seems like the goal of the purge seems to be to hurt those people and in this case undesirables it, mm-hmm. yeah the un, yeah the undesirables it's, it's yeah obviously uh fascism i mean this is like this is this it's crazy because this is made in 2013 it's 10 years ago this was made and it's like yeah that's mm -hmm, correct that is that is where where we are 10 years ago or 10 years from from then like we we are at a point where yeah you know the anti-trans laws and things like that they're essentially trying to kill these people and making them vulnerable even more vulnerable than they were before and uh it's crazy it's crazy to watch it's crazy to be a part of it it's crazy to to be here and not be doing something and that's kind of like that was originally one of my frustrations with the purge movies is seeing how long it it goes and seeing how like little people actually do about it um but we've just seen that right we're seeing it with covid (laughs) <laughs> like so it's so much more believable now oh yeah well you know i i gotta say whenever that character was introduced and it's like he he never out and out says that he's a veteran um i i noticed that because it yeah, shows yeah, his the dog, dog tags, tags. Yeah, uh-huh. numerous times and you you confirmed in the sequels i guess he does say that he was a veteran but mm. He is uh he is a black guy, he is a homeless guy, he is a veteran uh, uh-huh. and he is made to be, you know, the game, the sport right. of these people that are are hunting him. And like I right. initially thought that like that was a little heavy handed where it's like, Okay, I get it, you know, undesirables in American society are being hunted down. But then I, I got to thinking about it more and I was like, you know what? I actually really like that they went that on the nose about it because i think to a lot of people they would watch this and be like oh my god like they made killing the homeless and our veterans and minorities they made this acceptable how cruel and unusual and it's like hey wake up like that's happening we we legally yeah legally let our veterans let our homeless let our minorities die legally well, and in we America, also all let the time. cops shoot them all the time, too. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, we let yeah. it fucking happen. We just let it happen. Yeah. So it's like as horrible and outlandish as it may seem that it's just like, oh, my God, the, the rich white people are going out and hunting them. It's like right. they're just they're actually just speeding the process up. 
Yep. They're just yeah, they speeding are. it up. Like, yep. this is just the American system in fast forward right. is what this is, man. Because I'm telling you, man, it's like living living in a city, and I, I know Knoxville is not like a fucking city like New York or anything like that, but, you know, living in Knoxville and being around our homeless population, uh, which, again, compared to a city like L.A. or something, is obviously very, very, very minor. Yeah. Um, but seeing the attitudes that some of the affluent people around here have about yeah. our homeless, yeah. where, like, they they do not give two shits about them. They do no. not give two shits. And it's like, I know that if it was fucking Purge Night in Knoxville, I That's know all of do. our homeless yep. around here, they'd have targets on them. I can yep. fucking tell you for sure that And they, they already would. do. I mean, homeless people already get attacked all the time, and... Yeah. No oh, one yeah. Does nobody cares. About it. Yeah. Dude, I mean, yeah, the, the the term that they use for dead homeless people and prostitutes and stuff is the lesser dead. It's like they're dead, but they're I less know. dead than they're real people. Disgusting. I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's terrible, man. So like initially I thought it was kind of heavy handed, but then I was like, actually, no, that's that's really good that they did it that way. I, I yeah. hope that that maybe brings attention to yeah. the fact that we willingly and legally let our own people that are again veterans, homeless, minorities uh, die. You know. Yeah, yeah, we do. And and, and like, yeah, I, th- I think like the this whole franchise does a great job of critiquing all the different elements that keep that up. I mean, if you pay attention to the news reports, there's no there's nobody saying like, well, this shouldn't happen. <laughs> like, and and you see that in the media all the time, where it's just like. You know, uh, CNN will just accept like the you know Republicans will pass like a you gotta kill uh, uh, your next door neighbor law, and then CNN will be like, now do you have to do it or can you do it? <laughs> like, well, if you don't have to do it, maybe don't do it. Like, uh, really, the point is that now you can kill your neighbor if you'd like to kill your neighbor. Do you think you should? Is do the question. you think you should? Uh, at I hate everyone on Twitter says yes, kill right. them all. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's one opinion. Like the media throughout the series is is like they're they're so like uncritical of of what's happening, and that is the reality of of our our media. Um, oh, yeah. our, our corporate media is that they're always going to be uncritical of these things because they benefit from them. Um, well, and what's crazy about it too, you know, knowing that this is only five years into the purge, um, whenever we were watching this the first time, I, I was thinking about this where like, if I was watching this in 2013, I think I would have been like, okay, five years in and everybody's just so used to this and acting like it's normal. Like, oh, it's purge night. What do you guys want to do tonight? You guys just want to lock up and watch a movie? Oh, right. put your flowers out. Get your security system. Uh-huh. Like, I was kind of, I was thinking about it where it's like in 2013, I would watch this and be like, there's no way people would just be going along with this five years in. There's no way. And then it's yep. like, um, wouldn't even through, take that long. Yeah. Uh, no, honestly, yeah. no. It's like year two. We'd probably also, be about there. It's like, those people have never had to deal with it. The people no. in that neighborhood have never had to deal with purging unless they went to go purge. Well, dude, it's the same like with the fucking pandemic, man. Like the people that really got chewed up in the gears are the people that We're had on to the fr- keep working. Out there, and having I, to work. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, having to fucking work. Meanwhile, it's like, 
oh no, I can't go to the nightclub tonight to my favorite cocktail bar. Oh, yeah. woe is me. Like, yeah. You know, like the, the super, super, yeah. super elite were not affected by this the same yeah. way that <laughs> us normal folks were, dude. You mean to tell me CEOs don't do shit during the day? Wow, that's weird. Huh. It's weird. crazy. So it didn't affect them in the least. All right, yeah. But, you know, after living through pandemic and Trump presidency and yeah. seeing how quickly new normals can be established, um, no, th- this is entirely, entirely accurate. But I wouldn't have believed it in 2013. I'd have been like, there's no way people are going along with this that soon into it. But now I know. It's like, yeah, yeah you're right. It would be about year one and a half. <laughs> Everybody be yep. like, so what do you, who do you want to kill for the purge next year? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I think, uh, one, watch the sequels. Uh, to to see just how it's affected different people and how uh, it, different people react to it, but also watch the first purge. I think it might be my favorite. It's either the first I'm purge or forever that, yeah. purge. Four and five are the two best of the whole series, and and I don't even think I I think one is is the weakest, and I still think this is a good movie. So what I'm saying, I like four and five. I, I really highly regard four and five four the action sequences in it the slaughter of kkk members the fucking I like that yeah fucking great but like some of the stuff that happens in it it's just like i it's it is uh unflinching and brutal especially considering the time that it came out like it mm. is it and it's like i you know it also uh, is among the the series i would say that realized that it was being too subtle like that it wasn't registering with with chuds what the fuck they were saying so it gets a little less subtle in uh, the first purge and boy there's some catharsis there there's some great catharsis but it's also like fuck this is exactly how they do it and it's so like dark and sad. Also, uh, fucking great cast in that. Definitely check out all the Purge movies, but the first Purge is is awesome. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm definitely interested to check it out, man. Because like I, I love how this movie explores um, a, a lot of elements of how something like this would actually, I think, affect society in America. Again, ultimately, it is just a simple home invasion movie, but the greater, wider scoping implications, and especially after, again, having lived through the past several years and seeing those things be like, oh, nope, this guy was exactly fucking right about it. Um, It's interesting to watch this movie and, and talk about it. Like, even the, the, the level of moral relativism yeah in in reference to the law and what yeah. the high ups legal, say is okay yeah. if it's legal it's okay to do if yeah your ethics being completely connected to the local legalities yeah uh, dude and, and this is sick. something yeah. that i mean over the past few years has just become shockingly real after we elected grab him by the pussy guy as president right. and was yeah. voted voted for by so many fucking do good tithing Christians like that. God, it still makes no fucking sense to me, dude. But like seeing how after the grab him by the pussy guy yeah. was president, um, the making tons of just outward racist remarks guy was president 
And then seeing the standard that that set for so many people. Like, I'm talking, like, family members and stuff. Yeah, there was... That are... Our church going good yeah. salt of the earth people that then after this guy had been in charge for a while after like George Floyd got murdered. Yeah. We're publicly posting like, oh, I say good riddance. He was on drugs right. and black. Yeah. I remember. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck? You used to have the common sense to shut your fucking mouth about stuff. But like they this. still thought it. And that's the thing is that, you know, Trump didn't uh, create anything. He just made it obvious by being yes. the asshole president saying asshole shit it made all the assholes be like oh i don't have to keep this quiet and only talk about it with other assholes now no yeah the best person talks like me so therefore right. i'll just say whatever i want to right like that. yeah it, it's absolutely mind-blowing and that's what you see in this in this movie and in this vision of america too where suddenly just because it's the law yeah. It's okay. Like so many people's so many, you know, salt of the earth, again, normal moral people, like their uh-huh. sense of morals is so entirely tied to the law, which yeah. is just something that is codified by fucking man, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. not morality at all. Like there is no internal moral compass guiding that shit. No, You're just cool not. with it because the law says it's cool. The law says I can kill somebody and get away with it. And it's my patriotic duty to do it, so therefore now I'm okay with it. I mean, didn't we see that with the anti-protest laws where, you know, you could hit a protester and so people started hitting protesters? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you you change the law. Yes, if if it were legal to do certain things, uh, there's a shockingly large part of the population that would do those things, and it's scary. To know that that's true. <laughs> it sucks. It, it's scary to know that, yeah, if if there was a law that passed that said they could do those things they want to do, suddenly they would be out doing them. Yeah. It's also amazing to see just how simple it is to manipulate people and get them to behave the way that you want to just by right. saying, this is legal. This isn't. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. People I control, mean, dude. Yeah. I mean, it, it was always the argument against cannabis. I remember as a teenager- the one argument people had was it's illegal. Like, yeah, right. You you can't really like say it's it's worse for you than any other legal substance. The only reason you can't smoke weed is it's illegal. I know tons of people that won't smoke weed simply it's because it's illegal. Yeah, it's illegal, and, yep. and it's like you you know you can get it and buy it anywhere and no one will know no nobody one, will know no one will know no one yeah, will but know it's illegal so it. yeah yeah i want to do it but i won't because it's illegal it's uh-huh. like it's th- actually that easy to control people it really is i mean but i mean well you know we it's interesting but also like, those same people get in their car and go fucking 80 on the interstate even though the speed true. limit says 55 so well, I, again like everybody has some line where yeah. it's like i'm willing to break the law uh, to some extent you know there is there is a, an issue uh with a lot of like political belief that it it actually like countermands itself like so much like you know, for instance, uh, conservatives can can say that they're pro-life, but also be pro-death penalty. And, uh, like, right. they're cool with that in their brain. Even though those two things don't go together, they just don't think about it. 
Uh, and you know, uh, look, you know, liberals can be, uh, you know, uh, anti-homelessness, but then if they somebody wants to build a homeless shelter near their neighborhood, now they're against it. Like, right? They, people can hold two opposite opinions in their head, but it's because it's what benefits them. It's yep. always seemingly what benefits them. Not not with all people, clearly. There are tons of people who are absolutely out for helping others and making a better world. But the people we're talking about, the people who would participate in or support a purge, that's how they are. They, they can hold two opposing truths in their head because they're just not going to think about it. And mm-hmm. that's, I mean, yeah, that's a sad truth that... I mean, you know, it kind of depressed a lot of us nationally, I think. And Trump was just kind of the representation of that. And this, you know, this does feel uh, prophetic in some ways because it's set in 2022. And it it kind of feels like the the national feeling of 2022 that that feeling of you know i mean you know marjorie taylor green is talking about a national divorce like some people feel like they're on the brink of a civil war and and this is kind this movie captured that a a, a bit ahead of time yeah Um, no kidding right like i feel like if this movie came out now it would uh, you know, more people would be on board with it and be like, wow, this is so real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely changed because, yeah, as I said, my first viewing of it was like around the time it came out. And uh, I think Trump had been talking about running for president, but he had been talking about it, I think, since the 80s. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but we were, I mean, shit was bad then, too. It was all bad. We had just gone through a recession in 2008 and like fucking, uh, they forgot you know, gave all that money to banks and shit. And Obama was still fucking bombing like crazy. And wait, are you talking uh, about back then or, or like right now? <laughs> both. Uh, Obama's not bombing anyone right now, but you know, yeah, basically like not much changed is what I'm saying. Is it like all that really happened was the, the highest office in the land started talking the way these assholes talk. Yeah, and it, it yeah it gave it gave, gave freedom voice. to do that. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. But uh, it, it again, I think yeah, this movie just proves that 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 stuff was there. I mean, you know, we were worried about all this same shit back in the nineties too. It's nothing has changed. I mean, they even show stuff, uh, some of the purge stuff that they show in the opening titles. Uh, one of it, some of it is from the L.A. riots, right? Like, yeah, so like you know the, these ideas and things have been around for a while uh it's just particularly poignant now to look back on it which is why again i recommend the purge movies like because they kind of capture stuff but they also kind of like give some feeling of catharsis especially if you if you stick with them just some idea that like there might be something good that can come out of some of this like we might still be able to make something maybe hmm you know, mm-hmm. I, I not that these movies are largely bright, but there is, I think there's no. <laughs> some amount of hope to them. What do you think that old boyfriend's plan was? Where he just like, you know what? My I'm going to kill girlfriend. my girlfriend's dad. <laughs> yeah. 
her daddy don't like me much, so I'm just going to go ahead and off him on Purge Day, and then she'll be cool with that. Right, yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I really do think, like, it's a teenager brain thing. He's just thinking, like, well, yeah, then he won't be a problem. And then she'll be happy in dating me. Like, <laughs> what? You just yeah. killed her dad, what? idiot. <laughs> but I guess in the original script, it was supposed to be the daughter kills I her own dad. I love that idea. Yeah, and apparently... I love that, too. It's dark as fuck. Yeah, apparently Jason Blum didn't want that. But, like, the idea that the daughter tries to kill her dad because he's in the way of her being with her 18-year-old boyfriend. And, and of course, like, it wouldn't have worked. Like he's he wasn't supposed to die in the script, but uh, I wonder what that would have been like. And I wonder also yeah. if it would have been like maybe he shoots the daughter on accident. Like he like just is defending himself because he thinks it's the guy who they just let into the house. Like that that all could have been very interesting. Just this idea of like how oftentimes guns in the house really just mean the family is is at, at risk. Um. But uh, yeah, I I I think though, yeah, the boyfriend's plan doesn't make sense until you really think, yeah, he is a teenager, and teenagers uh, think stupid things, especially stupid teenagers, and he seems like one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely surprised whenever Ethan Hawke died. I was not yeah. anticipating him to not make it out of the movie. The bi- I mean, the biggest name in the movie, and he, yeah, he he dies with about twenty minutes left in the the film. That's. I was I surprised. Mean, cool. I kept waiting yeah. for some part where it's like, oh, we can save him. He's got a pulse. And it's like, nope, he's just really nope. dead. He really, is really dead. Deader than hell. Yep. Yep. And I like, too, that his death is led up to by some really, I think, realistic and clumsy action. Like, it might not yes. look like yeah. the fight and violence and, you know, uh, action scenes in this. It definitely doesn't look like a fucking John Wick movie because <laughs> these are a no. bunch of amateur idiots that yeah. don't know what they're doing. Yes, I love that. That was frustrating my first time watching it, uh, but not frustrating in a I don't like the movie type of thing. Just frustrating, like God, you know, like if you're gonna own a gun, like know how to use it. Uh, but watching it through the second time, it's like, oh yeah, that's kind of you know, again, that's just commentary on uh, like most of these rich people do own guns. How many of them actually know how to use them? How many of them yeah. would, would like? Like, it, it just makes them feel safe. It's like the security system. It makes them feel safe, but they rip it off pretty easily, which kind of right? just proves, like, they weren't safe in the first place. And also just proves that he was not out to make sure people were safe for the purge. He was out to just sell these systems and right. make money. Yeah. Like, he didn't he didn't care, but also, he never thought this was going to be a problem arriving at their doorstep. But right. Like, I love yeah. how shitty that turn is, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very interesting too cuz like the that the the our main villain um as I said played by by Reese Wakefield the the polite leader guy with the he's just got that like smug feel got and that look punchable to face. Him. Really punchable face. Yeah. Love it. He's fucking killing it. Like he he really like He's wearing like a like a prep school uniform too. Like it's like he's flaunting how advantaged he's been. I oh, he speaks I, like very proper. He's got some like yes, e's and nows uh-huh. in there. Oh, like a fucking dick. I love yeah. how much I hate that guy. <laughs> he does. It's such definitely a good effective. Job. Yeah, yeah, like I think the the gang of of marauders that shows up at the house like. 
there was things about it that I liked, like how just obviously effective that guy was, uh, kind of in that funny game sort of way where you're just like, I right. fucking yeah. hate these uh-huh. fucking pricks that have showed yeah. to this house. Um, I, I did think that there were some things that they were doing that just seemed so very Blumhouse where it's like, oh, we should have the girls in white dresses and spooky masks skipping in slow motion. Like that's such a, like, ah, like kind of played out modern horror thing to do but then i guess too it's like the guy that that wrote it here was all super super into the manson family and loved the idea of these you know fun easygoing flower power hippie murderers out there but some of that imagery just seemed a little bit like okay i get it it's a 2000s horror movie (laughs) well it's 2013 to 2010s come on give it some credit uh it yeah yeah i think i mean I don't mind those things. I think even though they're they're tropey, like I I feel like what it does is it accentuates because you'll see in in like future installments that like people are really treating it as a celebration, as a as a night to go out and dress up and and like <laughs> I guess be the person they are every day of the year, but can't be normally. Uh, and so, yeah, like, you know, people are maybe trying, like, it, it's, it's essentially like, uh, that year, every, like, like every third woman was dressed as Harley Quinn for Halloween, right? Like, yeah, they're all going to be doing the Mr. J thing and maybe doing a little Harley skip or whatever. And, and it's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it feels like to me. And, and then the fact that it's tropey, it's like, yeah, it's fine. Because it feels like it's it's kind of being like, yeah, that's how they would be. Like, they're rich kids. They're not exactly, like, all creative or anything. They just are rich. <laughs> like, so <laughs> maybe that's the only idea of Spooky in her head, you know, walking around with those two machetes and skipping all playfully. Well, also, too, I, I think that they probably felt a little bit more licensed to be overly confident in what they're doing because they probably didn't expect the rich white people in the huge house to not be supporting them. Like, they, right, they probably yeah. really thought that they'd just be like, oh, yeah, hand the guy over, no big deal. Like, they, right. I don't think they were expecting these people to fight back. No, no, yeah, that's, yeah, they, they assumed that everyone would uphold the system, uh, that, it, it, you know, advantages them. So, yeah, it, it's, um, it is interesting because the kids clearly at one point were struggling. At one point they you know were were probably closer with their parents because they had very little room and didn't have much. So you got to make fun. Uh and this this kid like he seems just like a genuinely good guy. Like he doesn't get this purge shit. He's just a nice person. He sees someone in distress. He wants to help. Uh, and, and it's interesting that, you know, that dooms the father, that dooms the family's, you know, home. It, it, it leads to all these deaths. Like, it, it, it kind of shows how, like, even the best of intentions in, in a situation like a purge aren't going to fix the problem. The problem is that a purge is happening. <laughs> like the actual <laughs> yeah. issue is that the purge exists and no one is safe. Yeah. I like how vague 
the political system of America is in this. Like, there's <laughs> only the, this sort yeah. of veiled reference to after the, the new, new founding, founding fathers, fathers uh-huh. instituted all this stuff, and you're just like, who, who the fuck is this now? I, I love how right. it never shows it. It never explains uh-huh. it. Like, I was fully expecting a part in this movie where, like, Charlie is talking to the dad, and he's like, Dad, who are the new founding fathers? And we just have this right. big exposition dump, and it's uh-huh. like, okay, well, you, you had to tell me, so somebody right. had to ask the question. Um, and, I'm glad it didn't do that. They left right. it really vague. And they also had that same opportunity with, like, the the news broadcasts or whatever to just slip in Easy exposition, exposition device, But they didn't. Yeah. They, they kept it, like, subtle, but you also do have the purge announcement, which does a great job of setting up the premise without seeming too exposition-y. Like, they could have had a, we all know that the purge began with, like, you know, they right. could have done that, but they didn't. Uh, they I do like that about exp- it explore the new founding fathers a little more in each installment but again you're you're not going to have a, a big expositiony moment that explains everything uh but i think the show i haven't seen the show but the show apparently like sets up a lot more of the world more clearly and i definitely want to check it out but uh yeah i like that you kind of you kind of have to build the purge world together through like a lot of little context things that are going on. Yeah, man. Yeah. And like, even the way that they tie in the, the new founding fathers with all this, like it's your patriotic duty. God right. bless America. May God be with uh-huh. you. Like there's totally this like, Oh, I get it. It's like a religious backed patriotic right. new order right. faction that has taken over. Uh, I, I like that. They, can tell you so little, but but yet you can kind of put together what's going on. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I'll tell you one other thing I appreciated about it. It was short. This movie, it like, is. it yeah. didn't overstay. It's like, you know what? It's a home invasion movie. We've set up this crazy world that we can build on later. But this doesn't need to be a fucking two-hour, 15-minute nope. long movie. You can't keep the tension up. You don't have the budget for it. Let's work with what we have. 19 days to shoot, 3 million bucks. Let's keep this around. What is this, like 80-something minutes? Yeah, yeah. I think 87 with the credits, and the credits are probably about seven minutes. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about 80 minutes, roughly. Um, I appreciate that. Me too. Yeah, it really gets to the fucking point. And, like, yeah, you don't have, like, some meandering side plot going on or anything. It's all just kind of, like, quick efficient pacing's good you you know you get to the danger pretty quick and then like get to the the fucking blood and violence soon after that it's um yeah i i really enjoy it yeah i do too it's not like a movie that i'm going to put on for happy times where it's just like i (laughs) love watching this it's not like fucking psycho gorman or some shit like that where i'll put it on just to watch it and make my day better like my day is never gonna be better by watching this Um, so it's not one that's gonna be like in my frequent rewatch but you know again i enjoyed it pretty well and i am intrigued enough to watch the other ones so yeah even though i don't adore this movie it worked again proof of yeah. concept mm-hmm. you said it like that's exactly what this is this is proof of concept and well it worked for me man 
Yeah, yeah, and I I do recommend you you check out the sequels. I think for me, like, um, you know, if if I'm being uh, being fair to just this movie and and like, uh, you know, eliminating my knowledge of the sequels from my mind because I again I think it just gets better as it goes. Th- this as a, a self-contained movie is a, a pretty good home invasion narrative that's quick it's paced well it's well acted um and then the the overall premise is intriguing uh but yeah as you said i'm not gonna sit down and watch this any old time it is you know it's no it's not fun there's <laughs> it's like depressing and sad uh, that all this shit's going on and that it connects to our real world <laughs> um uh but still it uh, it's it's solid and and really well done uh i would say this for me is like a six and a half yeah i was kind of thinking right there around that same range with you probably about six ish something like that because again not one i'm gonna like rewatch for fun anytime right. soon but for what it was and the world that it's setting up, I think it did a pretty fucking good job. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll cover the other ones here on the show in future episodes. Oh, yeah. And we look forward to hearing what you think about this flick over on our Facebook group, our Instagram page, Twitter, all the social media places you guys can follow us, which you can find using our Linktree page, which also contains a link on how to get to that dang old Patreon account. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. Become a patron. On any level, you get access to our Patreon-exclusive episodes. Uh, Emily and I recorded a Treehouse of Horror episode. I will have that up soon. And Anna and I are working on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Hell Rankers. That will also be up. So uh, there's all sorts of great stuff over there for any amount of money. But if you become a $5 level patron or above, you get to submit a movie to the Smoking Bowl. And then once a month, we draw from that smoking bowl, and then we cover the movie that we drew from the smoking bowl. It's a great system. That's right. And we're going to be doing exactly that next week on the show. We're going to be doing a Patreon pick from the smoking bowl. Hopefully it's a hot one. You guys have always had some good suggestions for us. So we'll be drawing one from that smoking bowl uh, there next week. Be sure to stay tuned to the social media accounts and stuff. We'll try to get that, uh, that video up for you guys to watch. That way you can watch the next movie in advance and be prepared for the next installment of dead and lovely here with the host with the most, your good buddy, uncle Ben and me, Hollywood, Steve. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Coming soon to your listening device from the people that brought you Frank Sinatra Does Broadway and Celine Dion Sings the Rock Hits, welcome to your newest audio CD collection, Tom Waits Vocal Virtuoso Performances, featuring the famed American singer-songwriter doing such hits as I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. And I will always love you. wait until you feel your emotions as you hear the singer himself perform all by myself by celine dion
<laughs> Don't want to be all by myself. <laughs> and wait until you hear the boiler room vibes of his touching rendition of Kiss from a Rose by Seal. That's about right. (laughs) Baby, something about a kiss from a rose. (laughs) He's really close to Jiminy Lakens. Like, whenever I do it, I'm like, he's very close. Jiminy Lakens, yeah. Yeah, they should do a duet. (laughs) Oh my God. Jiminy Lakens, the singing Christmas hobo that came and visited us back on our Lord of the Rings Return of the King episode, plus Uh Tom Waits. Who sings in werewolf speak? Come uh-huh. on, dude. Yeah, uh-huh. they, they should definitely do. They should do a rendition of Werewolves of London. Oh my god, it's them. It's an uh-huh. autobiographical it's song. Yeah, it's just talking about them. <laughs> and I think in one special song they have like uh, like a, a trio tune, kind of like the whatever the three tenors were back in the day, right? Uh huh. Where they also bring in uh, <laughs> what's his name? Fucking oh shit! What's his name from Rancid? The least intelligible the, album of all time. <laughs> but he would be the most intelligible of those three. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> He'd be like the translator. No, no, no. What he said was, um, is coming. <laughs> Great. It's wonderful. <laughs> I'd buy this album. Coming it soon. sounds wonderful. From Time Warner CD Collections. <laughs> $9.99. No COD. Yeah, no COD. They didn't want no part of that COD back in the day. No, dude. no. They wanted us to know, like, you paying before you get it. 